So, God told you to write a book. Now what? Hi, I'm Wendy Jo Serna, author, narrator, wife, and mother. I've written and published two novels thus far without really having any clue what I was doing. All I knew for sure was that I had heard from the Lord that I was to write a book. Beyond that, it was all just one grand adventure of faith and a lot of work. And along the way, I learned a few things, things I'd like to share with you. If I can do this, you can do this. You can write your book. Hey, if the author and finisher of all things told you to do it, he believes that you can. And so do I. So come on. Let's write. Hello, authors, and welcome back to So God Told You to Write a Book, Now What? I'm your host, Wendy Jo Serna, and we are on episode number 11. Today I'm going to give you a little bit more chat about the whole audiobook recording process. I didn't really cover what I do for that. Last time we kind of just did broad strokes about the whole audiobook industry. So a little bit about that. And then at the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a sneak preview of Coming Attractions which is, I'll just probably do the prologue and part of chapter one of The Agreements, which I am just beginning to record. My third book is just coming back from the editor, so next week I'm going to have to plow back into that before I hand it back to the copy editor for that final sort of polishing scrub before I format it and get a get a cover design, and then we'll talk about all those things as they're happening too. But for right now, I'm starting to record, so I'm thinking about some of this stuff that might be helpful to you. So the software that I use is called Audacity. It's what I'm using right now to record my podcast as well. It's a free software. You can upload it onto your PC or Mac for free. When you are doing an audiobook, the best thing to do is get what they call a plugin. Now, ACX plugin is what will give you all the parameters that are required if you want to put your book up on Audible. But it's also really a good just plugin to have that will give you basic audiobook parameters. And the parameters are based on three different levels, sound levels, a peak level, an RMS level, and a noise floor level. I know we're going to talk about a few little technical things today, but they're really not all that complicated once you get into this whole thing. I would suggest if you're interested at all in doing your own audiobook, go on to the acx.com website, and they list all kinds of helpful tips on what do you need to do, how much of this and can't do that, and all of their parameters. For example, they have just a basic list of that you have to have a consistent overall sound and format, that it can only be comprised of mono or stereo files, not a mix of the two, that it must include opening and closing credits, that you have to have a retail sample, which is like between one to five minutes. And that's the thing that you would see if you go onto the Amazon site and you're looking at or on Audible, and you can listen to a preview of the narrator reading the book. So you have to include that little retail sample, and then it has to be recorded by a human, which I think is pretty reasonable. Those are really basic parameters, but the ACX plugin gives you very specific decibel levels that you need to have to make your that consistent overall sound that they're looking for. 
It also really helps your listener not to have crazy high levels and crazy low levels or popping noises or plosives that are going off in their eardrums. So it's really all about helping you get a product that is enjoyable for somebody to have plugged into their heads or coming over their stereo system or whatever. So just very briefly, I'm not going to get too technical about all this, but the the peak levels, they have a peak level that cannot be over a minus three decibels, which just means it can't be super loud. And then the RMS level, which stands for something weird, like root, mean, square, which I don't know what that means, but basically what RMS level is, just the, the overall volume level, the amplification level, then they want that to be between an 18 and 23 decibels minus 18, 23 decibels. So that, that's where you have to land between those two numbers on your overall volume. And then the noise floor is just that stuff that happens behind your record. Like if there's all kinds of uh, buzzing sounds from your computer or lights or a dog barking in the background, all that kind of stuff that can happen while you're recording. The noise floor level also has a specific maximum, I think it's minus 60, that you can you can't go shouldn't go beyond that or because they do a review process of your files when you send in your final mp3 files they do a review process to make sure that you are abiding by those parameters if you're not they'll send it back to you and make you fix it so when i'm recording i just do a chapter at a time and uh, then i can when i have this acx plugin it analyzes for me if i select the whole file once i'm done talking i select the whole file to see Am I fitting within those parameters? Most of the time, I'm not right off the bat, so I have to go in and make some adjustments to make sure I fit those parameters. So I do that, and then I go back and I just edit out any of the weird mouth noises, you know, gleeps and glops of my uh, saliva or whatever, My if I'm coughing or if I, all that stuff that sometimes happens, I take all that out. And if I'm doing really heavy... <gasps> breaths or something, I try to get those out too, because those are weird in your head. So I go and do all that until I have, and I go back and listen until I feel like I have a finished chapter. I save that. I wait until I have all of my chapters recorded and edited before I go on to the ACX platform or the Find Away Voices platform, where I also uploaded my files, my final MP3 files. And you can only upload one chapter at a time, and the chapter cannot be more than 120 minutes. That's a pretty long chapter anyway, so I've not come anywhere near that on any of my chapters. But I wait until I've got everything done, and then I upload it onto the ACX or Find A Way platform, and they go through a review process to make sure you meet all their parameters, and then if you do, then it will go up live on, on their websites. One of the things also, so they, they want you to do you include an opening and closing credit, which just is a basic, this is the agreements written by Wendy Joserna, narrated by Wendy Joserna, or if you have anybody helping you with the editing, you can hire somebody to edit all of your audio stuff, and it's not all that expensive, too. There's lots of online places you can go to send your files. They'll edit it for you if you want to pay a little money and do it that way. For me, I kind of enjoyed the learning process of What does this editing look like? Once you figure it out, it's not all that complicated. So in my intro and outros, even like with this podcast, I 
went online to get some royalty-free music clips. There are a bunch of different websites you can go to also for that. I go to one called Pond5, Pond and the number five. And I can listen to hundreds, if not thousands, of royalty-free music clips, everything from pianos to guitars to flutes to weird technical stuff to just uh, sound effects and all kinds of things. Now, you do have to pay a little bit for them, but not a lot. And some are more than others, but I just really needed a pretty short clip, and I found one that I really liked. I used it in my um, The Baby Catcher Gate intro and outro, and then I found one for this podcast, and I bought that. So it's royalty-free, which means you're not stealing somebody's intellectual property and not giving them royalties back for it. Now, you can also make your own music clip if that's what you want to do. If you're into that and you like that, yeah, do that too. I just decided on this part, I'm going to find something that's out there already and access it. So that's what I've done to do my audacity editing and recording of my audiobooks and my podcasts too. The first time around, I did use a fairly inexpensive, like $90, $99 microphone that was a USB right directly to my computer. So I didn't have an interface between the microphone and the computer. It just plugged right into my computer. It was easy for me to use. It wasn't very technical and it worked. It was fine. I did, ha- I did have someone, a good friend, who's a very good sound engineer, Dana, thank you. Um, he mastered all of my files for me at the end, so he made everything sound really good. Hallelujah. So if you want to have someone master, which just means they look over everything and smooth out everything and kind of give you a really rich uh, overall sound to everything, that's I would recommend that as well. But he recommended the second time around, maybe you might want to get a little higher quality microphone. So I did invest the second time around in a higher quality microphone. What am I using? An SE2200. It's one that he recommended to me, and it definitely has much better quality of sound than the first time around. But it also requires that I have what they call an interface, which is basically a little amplification box between your microphone and your computer. So my microphone, I plug into the interface, the interface, I plug into my computer. And that's how that works. So those are just a few brief tips on the Audacity software, the ACX parameters, and then a few little hardware tips as well. And now I want to give you a little sneak preview of the agreements with the prologue and part of chapter one. I hope you enjoy. Prologue There was a time before time when time hung suspended in plans and hopes and dreams where beginnings were not yet begun and endings not yet ended where scrolls were composed and blueprints drawn up where lives were imagined gifts wrapped genealogies conceived and nations invented it was a time that to even describe in terms of time is impossible. But for now, for the purposes of stuffing the infinite into the finite, the impossible must be. For it is in this irreconcilable moment of non-time that agreements are being made, and were made, and will be fulfilled. Agreements unfathomably complex, 
and fearfully deep, that were entered into willingly, with no guarantee save one, that love will prevail. Chapter 1 The Agreement The bundle of energy that swept into the agreement chamber on a robust exhale of wind was gorgeous. Before the agreement facilitator assigned to the case could greet the newcomer, however, the being began to spin, casting out a dizzying array of flashes. When it finally came to a halt, it had divided and formed into two human beings, two females to be exact. Tall and willowy with flowing black hair and amethyst-colored eyes and garbed from head to toe in glowing light, they were identical, but separate. Not unheard of, of course, but unusual. For the facilitator, it was not only a first, but, in fact, the first appointment of his entire career, having just been called over from the far side of eternity to participate in this, the latest creation of the designer's hand. The facilitator's name was Carlyle the Caretaker, for he was immensely gifted in his ability to care for even the finest of details in all matters of administration. His resume included the senses of cosmic beings, the surveillance of heavenly bodies, and the oversight of superstructure multiverse planning. But this, his latest assignment, involved direct interaction with a race he had never before encountered, the race that was identified among the heavenly beings as the apple of the designer's eye the human race. Made in the designer's own image, these people were his response to the angelic revolt that had shaken the cosmos, people whose purpose was to carry the heart of the designer into the rebellion, overcome the darkness, and restore peace to this slice of eternity. But in infusing this godlike race with free will, something had gone awry. So, the designer had recalled many angelic forces from far-flung stretches of creation to focus attention on this decidedly complicated disarray. Word was that a plan was already in place to work this all together for good. It was also widely rumored that he didn't so much need the additional help from the angelic hosts as he wanted them to participate in something they had never participated in before. Redemption. A polite, <clears throat> from the twins standing in front of him, returned Carlyle's attention to the task at hand. Having no experience in agreement signings, he wondered for the briefest of moments how he should proceed, for there was only one scroll, one pen, and one stamp on the stone table that he had meticulously arranged next to the all-important document of authorization. He leaned his slender frame back into the velvety softness of his chair behind the table, smoothed out the folds of his navy uniform, and pondered his predicament. As he did, the scroll lifted off the table of its own accord, spiraled upward, and unfurled around the three of them in a perfect circular wall. The girls clapped their hands in delight. Carlyle nodded nonchalantly at them as though he had been expecting this all along. I, um... Welcome, both of you, to this momentous occasion, he said. I was not anticipating two of you at once, but I'm certain there is a plan. There is always a plan, as I'm sure you are aware, having come from your planning session so very recently. 
Carlyle knew he was rambling, but he truly did not know how to proceed. His trainer, the highly respected Madeline of the High Plains, had told him to be prepared for the marvelous, unique, and sometimes strange, but she had left open the particulars of procedures. You must allow the humans to lead the way, she had told him, for they are a race that has been designated for exact times and places agreed upon between their spirits and the one who holds all things together. And though they know the way, they know not how they know. They may need some encouragement to lean into their knowings. This is your job, to guide and facilitate and follow. Life exuded from the twins a pulsing, weighty vibration, yet they did not move. So, the scroll has been opened, as you can see, Carlyle said. Please, begin as you see fit. He settled back, hoping this small prodding would be enough. Long moments expanded and breathed. He waited, remembering Madeline's instructions to never hurry and always hope. Finally, just as he was about to try a different tactic, the two girls turned toward each other and embraced. The colorful lights from their garments merged and flowed from one to the other, unimpeded by any barrier. But then, in a twinkling, they pulled back, with one girl drawing nearly all the deep shades of blue and purple into herself, while the other drew nearly all the yellows and reds into herself. Only a concentrated circle of the opposite shadings remained in the center of the heart of each twin and the two that had been seeming duplicates became distinctly unique. The dark-toned twin turned to the left and the bright-toned twin to the right, and they slowly began to read the scroll, one moving in one direction and the other in the opposite. The words before them illuminated as they passed. Though their backs were to each other, and each seemed unaware of the other's pace, they moved in perfect synchronicity until at last they met at the far side of the circle. There they stood, side by side, and red, and red, and red. Until the purple-toned twin turned back to Carlyle and sped toward the table, she grabbed the pen, signed the document of authorization without hesitation, and turned back to the brighter twin, who still stood before the scroll unmoving. Finally, she too slowly progressed back to the table and carefully added her signature to the bottom of the same form. Carlyle pulled the paperwork toward himself, Evidently, the destiny of these two beings was so inextricably woven together that only one document was required. He verified both signatures, Julia Jolicoeur and Nellie Jolicoeur. Then he folded the form into thirds and slid it into its envelope. Thank you, both. Uh, Just one more step, he said. I need you to stamp and seal right here with the official crest of authority, if you would. In unison, the twins reached out and lifted the stamp. As they impressed the golden crest on the paper, their eyes met and locked. An arc of deep indigo and orange shot between them, and it seemed to Carlyle that in this moment another agreement was made, one uniquely confined to the twin girls, one that was perhaps even deeper than the legal binding of the written words on the page. An agreement between two hearts knit together as one. So I hope you enjoyed that little sneak peek. The agreements might take me a while to get the whole thing done, but um, 
Yeah, that's what I'm working on right now. And next time we'll come back to getting this third novel uh, wrapped up and all the final little things that have to happen along the way. But I hope that was encouraging to you. I hope that you really try this whole audiobook thing. It's a, it's an adventure. It's fun. And it's the fastest growing part of the book industry. So um, you'll reach people that you won't otherwise when you get things on audiobook. So I sure love and appreciate you. Blessings and peace. Shalom, shalom.